Welcome to Rise and Shine, the podcast dedicated to women in home building who are ready to rise professionally and shine personally. I am your host, Abby Cornelius, and I am thrilled to embark on this empowering journey with you. Together, we're going to dive into the world of leadership, sales, mindset, results, and corporate climbing, all tailored to the unique experiences of women in this industry. Whether you're a seasoned pro or you're just starting out, Rise and Shine is here to provide you with actionable insights, inspiring stories, and expert advice to propel you forward in your career and illuminate your personal growth. So if you're ready to break some barriers, conquer challenges, and redefine success on your own terms, you are in the right place. It's time to rise, it's time to shine, and it all starts right here. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Rise and Shine. And again, I have a fabulous guest with us here today. I have Miss Rachel Brown. She has 20 years experience in land development and home building. She is the owner of Rachel Brown Homes, which is so incredible, a woman-owned home building company. And she is also the owner of RBH Coaching, which y'all know is near and dear to my heart, coaching and developing other people. And so I had the privilege of seeing Rachel speak just a few weeks ago here in Charlotte. She spoke with our local PWB and she had a really powerful message to share for women. And I was excited to be able to bring her on this show. And we're going to talk about something that is very um, relevant and time specific to the market today. But before we get into it, welcome, Rachel. Thank you again so much for being here. Hey, I am so glad to be here. Anytime I can be with a fellow um, in light mind in the real estate industry and as well as the coaching sector, that just puts icing on the cake for my day. So I'm glad to be here. Wonderful. Well, let's get started. One of the things I wanted Rachel to, to bring to all of you ladies listening is her unique perspective as a business owner, not just a leader in the industry, but a true business owner who has to navigate the market shifts. So Rachel, kind of just let everybody in as you know, an owner in the industry with things shifting and changing as they are, how do you define the market that we're in today? How, what would you say is kind of the season, if you will, that we're faced with? I would say it's called a professional's market. This is where the rubber hits the road for the seasoned professional who has made all the right steps and all the right strides throughout their career um, to be able to serve their clientele. So we're, we are calling this a professional's market. Um, And what I mean by that is if you wake up every morning, it's a mindset thing, right? And mm-hmm. you decide to call this market a recession, crazy, up and down, hard to sell. That's one way that you can wake up and approach your day. Mm-hmm. But my preference and where I encourage my team and for the people that I coach is we're not going to call it any of those things. This is a professional's market. And really, nothing has changed today to 12 months ago, except for using your skill set to actually sell your value a little bit harder than maybe you would have 12 months ago. Yeah. I love that reframe because I think that sometimes we forget when we're in this industry that we're constantly building and developing our skills, right? So if you think about true professionals, what is, what's that phrase? I think Tiger Woods says it like an amateur practices until they get it right once. 
but a pro goes and goes and goes until they never get it wrong. And I think this is like where we need to be willing to step up and use all those skills. Like there's a reason why companies invest in training and development, right? There's a reason why we spend time learning how to, you know, build homes more energy efficient and talk to customers in a more, you know, collaborative way and build our selling skills and work on our positioning and become savvy in social media. Like all of these things are to set us up for success when it's pro time, right? So we'll call it pro time, if you will. As a leader in in this, how do you show up for your team so that they get that sense of this is a pro's market and not the helter-skelter? Because I've seen some leaders that are getting a little crazy, a little doubling down on just anxious, what, what did I call it earlier the other day? I called it just chaotic work for the sake of work. Like, How do you show up for your team intentionally during this time? Sure. I'm going to use um, a uh, Spanish explorer as an analogy here, but Cortez landed um, in, I guess, Mexico, right? Somewhere in the 1500s. And he came with lots of men and lots of ships. And they were out to discover a new land. And when they landed, they got their ass handed to them (laughs) by the Aztec Indians, right? If you can imagine you spent months and months and months on a ship, Um, with limited resources, you're not as strong and healthy as you would be, right? Mm -hmm. You land in a new land, and now you're battling uh, indigenous people that have been there for thousands of years, that know the lay of the land, that are at their best, their healthiest, their prime, and you're stepping off a ship, and you're just getting it handed to you. And so what happened is that Cortez saw his men running away from the Aztec Indians and getting back on the ships. They were running and they were going to go back home. And so as a leader, Cortez realized he needed to burn all of the ships. So there was no way to go back home. And it forced him and his men to fight. And do you know, unfortunately for the Aztecs, right? So I I don't say this as socially irresponsible here, but this is what happened. Right. Two years later, they conquered the Aztec Indians in that part of Mexico. So when you ask me how I show up as a leader, if I walk in my front door every day and I don't have makeup on and I look sloppy and slovenly, and then when we have our team meetings or when I'm talking to my team about um, you know, how we're going to meet our goals for 2024, If I walk in with the attitude of fear and I don't know what we're going to do and it's chaos out there and oh my God, and I'm the one in charge, I'm Cortez, what what is my team going to do when when the leader doesn't put on and put forth their best? So the answer really comes down to you've got to burn the ships Mm -hmm. and it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to not always know what to do, but you've got to compartmentalize that. That's a conversation that you have with other business leaders that you know. When you go in and you're talking to the troops and you're going to battle, you're not going to convey to them how you feel like more than 50% of them are going to die on the battlefield. You have to give that brave heart, like, let's make the most of it. Uh, And there's nothing wrong with communicating with your team and asking, hey, how do you think we can do this better? 
How can we go drum up business? But you've got to have it with the most amount of enthusiasm you've ever had. And this is coming from a chick that lived through 2008. So, yeah, I think that that's important. I love this concept of burning the ships. And I think people need to define what are the ships for you? Because the ships to me are safety, right? So what is like your clutch? What's maybe your fear-based move, like you said? Because going back to the ships is like, okay, I'm scared. I'm running. I'm going back to this. And sometimes I see that show up in in the chaotic decisions, right? I'm afraid. So let's work longer hours or let's throw out all these crazy incentives and let's pitch all these incentives. And I'm I'm struggling with this right now, Rachel. So maybe you can contribute. This isn't in our list of questions, but I feel like we're starting to get into that vibe where we're selling incentives and we're selling payment, which although customers need assistance with payments, that's not why people are buying houses. And I feel like that's also a form of like, it's like a crutch, right? Like, oh, well, we've done this before and it worked. And it's like, no, people need housing. And the why do they need housing? And how can we help them and how can we still give them a great service these things are all still really important and there's still the way that we show up so that we can conquer the land right and still stake our claim because that's your brand that's how your brand shows up and i know um during COVID times, sometimes people lost uh, brand allegiance because people weren't as communicative. They weren't as transparent. They weren't as open about the things that were going on in business. And I think this is another reminder how we show up great in these turbulent times really does dictate how we can serve in the next season too. So if I show up great here and I build great customer value and I give a great customer experience and I don't play to the least common denominator and I do business the right way, that's going to serve me well in that next season too. So I think there's there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. And you know, Simon Sinook, one of the best books I've ever read, the What's Your Why? I just spoke to a room full of real estate agents a few weeks ago, and uh, somebody made a very good point, another speaker there. You really need to go back. And I understand a job is about paying your bills. Mm-hmm. I, I don't take that lightly. I have bills to pay too, right? And when you're the leader and the owner, you have overhead that mm-hmm. you've got to carry. But why? Why am I a home builder? Is it just for the money? Or is there something more to that? Do I actually love creating different, interesting places for people to create memories mm-hmm. in my home builder, because I know how detail oriented I am, how empathetic I am. And I understand how to give the client better customer service than everybody else. Am I a designer just for the money or did God give me talents right. to and the ability to go in where someone couldn't put all these finishes and colors together? So If you ever wake up, right, as the leader even, and you just can't find your footing, you've got to go back to what is your why. And if you can't answer that question in any one of those sentences that trail behind it are passionate, it may be time for you to consider a different profession. And look, that's easier said than done. But we just can't wake up every day and think about only incentives. We've got to ask our team and ask ourselves, who are we and why are we doing it? A hundred percent. Yeah. The why, the why is huge. And and I said in a previous podcast episode that I think during these times, it's a really great time to innovate and to educate. So what skills do you need to develop? What skills can we get some education on? How can we educate buyers? I think a lot of buyer concern is misunderstandings, misinformation, 
overly swayed media, whatever that looks like, where we have an opportunity to educate them and innovate. How can we do something maybe we've never done before? And I think going to your team and saying, what do you think we can do different? Or how, what do you think, you know, the buyers need today? And let's try to innovate and find a new opportunity to hit that growth instead of just fully relying on the tried and the true. Because these are the times where we can kind of branch out and find new opportunities as things start to shift. One of the things you said previously, and I want to reiterate it because I think it's really important, especially for the leaders that are listening, is this, when you're stressed, that's okay, but who do you actually share that with? And being careful that the shit doesn't roll downhill, so to speak. So Mm -hmm. I've seen a leader have a hard hitting conversation with their team of managers. And then the managers just turn around and have a hard hitting conversation with their team. And then the team members go out and just kind of give shit to their customers. Hey, times are tough, like it or leave it. And it's like, whoa, somebody at some point needs to stop the, the stress cycle, if you will, And take that, take it to somebody outside of maybe even the organization, a friend, another business partner. This is why I think it's great to have leaders in other industries too that you can talk to and then show up great for your team and not in an insincere way, not in a butterflies, cupcakes and roses, like fake unicorn way, but in a way where you can bring your best self to that. Because if that leader comes in and they sit down and they're, what do you think you're going to get from your team? Because I've had that. I mean, I lived through 2008 too. And I had many a time where a manager came and sat down in my office and they were like, and that made me be like, oh shit, I'm going to lose my job. Oh shit, everything's falling apart. You know, because like it's body language. It's all of those things that you were saying. And so again, I don't want leaders to like not have an outlet because I think you need a healthy outlet. Maybe that's you reading, running, exercising, getting a group of people to support you during this time, but make sure you're very intentional about how you show up for your team um, and give them the energy that you expect to see in return. It's like the, as you watch, remember the Titans. Yes. And he's an attitude reflects leadership, sir. Like yes, your team, if you're feeling like your team is down and out and grumpy, like you should hold up a mirror first and see if that's a reflection of you or is there something else that we need to address here? Um, so, so I love that, that thought. Sure. And, and look, let's not forget this leaders walk through the door first and they eat last. You keep that mindset, pick up the phone and call one of your peers, another business owner. Um, and look, a lot of this is what you do in good times is preparation for the bad times. And my business coach, and let's talk about coaching for just a second. Absolutely. He says, you can't cram for the exam. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. So the last few <clears throat> years, you know, I've built a network all across the country, whether it's in professional women in building or it's here locally. I've made a lot of friends that I can reach out to in good times and in bad. Those are the people you should go to right now. You know, that's why you and I are business coaches, right? Mm-hmm. We, we operate under that shelter of um, anonymity and privacy yeah. and go sit down in one of our chairs and say, Hey, look, I am absolutely beating my head against the wall. I may have to lay some people off. We're not making sales. Go sit in front of someone else other than your family, right? You should keep that division. Don't go home and bitch mm-hmm. to your husband. Like he doesn't want to hear it. He's got his own problems. If you've got a husband or a partner, find another professional peer And if you didn't do that in the good times, it's never too late. 
But just remember, we're in a cyclical industry. It's never 100%. always going to be good. It's going to have, it's going to be like a, um, as a matter of fact, I shared this with a coaching client the other day, an EKG. Mm-hmm. That's what the real estate market yeah. is. Have high highs, yeah. low lows, and you're going to just have this repeat repetitive pattern. Um, but no, as a leader, you've got, it's like a coach coaching a basketball team in the final four. Are you going to chew their asses out when you know they can do better? Sure. But at the same time, you're you're going to help them review footage. You're going to help them come up with solutions. You're going to be there no matter what. Lead in first, eat last. I love that. That's another great book by Simon Sinek, Leaders Eat Last. So we'll we'll just plug him nonstop. And just plug him nonstop. He's so good. Every time one of his videos pop up, I get totally sucked into the hole because I think he has the heart of a modern leader. And it's that heart that we can be business-minded and people-minded and marrying that empathy and that business strategy is so huge. And I think he he shares that so beautifully in his messages. Um, so really valuable stuff there. So one of the things I also wanted to talk to you about is your mindset in terms of when the market shifts, as it does, right? We know it's cyclical. Do you, are you a quick to pivot or are you like a slow to kind of process what the impact of the market changes are? Where do you kind of sit on that line? Because I think every leader and every business approaches it a little differently. Yeah. Well, first of all, we knew this was coming. Um, and if you didn't know that, I would suggest in the future, I read the news twice a day. First thing when I wake up in the morning, first thing when I go to bed at night, look, you got a face. You cannot be like an ostrich. They bury their heads in the sand. Yes. Mm-hmm. Isn't that an ostrich? I want to make sure I, I say so. that. You know, I hear so many people say, I don't like watching the news. Look, I understand. I do. But if you're a leader, you've got to watch the news. You've got to watch the stock market. You've got to understand where we are in the cycle. And so three years ago, I knew that this was going to come. Maybe not necessarily what quarter of what year, but I knew this was ahead. So years ago, I was already saving money, planning for this, um, knowing other ways that I was going to go ahead and um you know, have additional streams of revenue. And so preparation is everything. It's kind of like a, a zombie apocalyptic prepper. I'm one of those also. It doesn't hurt. Make sure. <laughs> I mean, day prepper. I love it. I'm so I surprised by this, prepper. Rachel. I'm so surprised by this. Really? <laughs> yeah, you're a doomsday prepper. That's awesome. I, I am a doomsday prepper. I never ran out of toilet paper when the pandemic hit. When it was over in China, I, I very much follow my intuition. And I kid you not. I came to my office in January of 2020 and said, this is going to be big and it's going to mm-hmm. be bad. And my employees are like, you're losing it. And I'm like, no, I'm not. So I spent $5,000 on Amazon in January of 2020, bought toilet paper, paper towels, first aid kits, masks. I bought a bunch of masks. And so that doesn't mean I'm a know-it-all. Look, my whole point here is that if you are a leader, mm-hmm. you've got to be ahead of the curve. And I knew that this was coming. That doesn't mean it's any easier when it happens. Right. But if you're a leader, you've got to think three steps ahead. It's the same thing for a general leading the troops. You're not just going to show up, mm-hmm. Right. You're going to have already studied maps, studied topography. Um, You're going to face head on what you're leading your people into. And that's what I do. 
Yeah. And I think this is, this is a really good segue. Again, not a question we prepared for. So break, <laughs> take this journey with me, Rachel. But one of the things I've been really stressing with my, with my coaching clients is, you know, for women to rise in this industry, it takes really three things. It takes a really good understanding of like leading yourself, ownership, radical accountability, right? Showing up great every day. There's this portion of leading a team, that dynamic of winning through others, helping them reach their full potential. But there's, you know, I think there's a TED talk called the missing 33%, which is that business mindset and strategy. And ladies, this is what Rachel's talking about. It's that foresight. I am one of those people, Rachel, I hate watching the news. Like my soul can't handle it. I'm heavily empathetic, but I would read the news that I needed to for my work. So I would have a few newspaper resources, online resources that I could go to, to see trends in the industry, things that were reliable resources for me. I would pick the brains of my leaders who I know consumed a lot of news because I just couldn't stay in the whole vicious news cycle. But you have to know your business and you have to be strategic to prepare. And that was, you know, when COVID came out, that was like a calculated risk on your part. Okay. I could spend $5,000 and nothing could happen, but what if, right? And these are the levers that we have to pull as business owners. So as preparing for this season, you know, you see it coming and you're saying things like I saved, this is huge. I want to talk to like the salespeople for a second. We've had some great years and we have some low years, but I saw some salespeople have astronomically wonderful years the last few years. And now this year they're like, I can't feed my family. I'm not making near, I'm making half of what I made before. And it's like, well, ladies, we should have known that real estate goes like this and we need to save when the times are good so that we can be professional salespeople and survive any market. So I love this concept of uh, business-minded preparedness, right? Anticipating possible outcomes and creating your way to mitigate risk. That's your job as a business owner. Yeah. And so I want to point something out too. It's never too late. I mean, let's, right. I'm almost 42 years old. I went through 2008. And so when I went through 2008, I learned one thing cash is king. And so ahead of the pandemic, um, when the pandemic hit and as terrible as it was, and look, I'm not, I don't mean to sound insensitive when I share what I'm about to share. So ladies have grace, men, if you're listening too, but. When the pandemic hit and the stock market tanked, I said, here's an opportunity because every one of these stocks, most of them are going to go back up. I've got cash. Now it's king. I learned in 2008. So you know what I did during the pandemic when it hit in that first quarter of the year? Man, I was playing money right into the stock market. I wrote it out for a year. There was a couple stocks that I made pretty big on almost quadruple what I originally put into it. Um, and my whole point in saying that is, okay, look, I was 28 years old at 2008. So mm -hmm. if you're listening and you're in your twenties, yeah. you may feel like you're getting your teeth kicked in right now. Stay with it. It's mm -hmm. going to come back around. And when it does, you'll never forget this. Then yeah. you will save, you will learn that cash is king. And when the next uh, turbulent time happens, which by the way, I don't think we're headed into 2008, the market, the loan, the loan, yeah, totally different climate, totally, totally different, different climate. Yeah. But, um, you won't forget it. And then you can catch the next up cycle. So don't, yeah. don't be too hard on yourself. It is a learning curve. Yeah. And it gives you, it's going to give you the benefit of hindsight 
right? So you're going to come out through this and you're going to have that, that hindsight, like you spoke of, and it's going to help you find the opportunity and the obstacles. So you found the opportunity and the obstacle. You're like, oh, stock market's crashing. Many people are hair on fire. I'm going to sell. Well, that's a silly time to sell your stock, but it's a great time to buy, right? Yes. You took advantage of that, right? And that's that business savviness that I think, um, I know you do this work with with the people that you coach is educating women on this missing 33% of truly being aware of finances. Because I think when you know how it works, it's less scary because you know, it's all just a bunch of levers, right? Like I'm like, oh, okay. You know, profits down. I can do this. This is happening. I can do this. I'm going to have a delay in construction. That's going to affect my profit. Well, I can make it up here. It's all just a bunch of different levers. It's that knowing what to pull and how the dots connect that I think help you kind of feel a little bit more calm in the chaos because you know you have the ability to impact it. I think the folks that don't maybe understand that full business scope of how one thing connects to another can feel a little bit more chaotic because they feel out of control. And so there is beauty in your, in your strategic mind. I think that helps add a level of calm to you during these times for sure. Sure. And listen, I had a therapist tell me around 2008 and hang with me here. <laughs> Money is never lost. It only exchanges from one person to the next. What does that mean? You may lose money, but it goes somewhere. It goes in the hands of someone else. Right. Who is that someone else? What are they doing to get the money? Right. Mm -hmm. And so to give you an example right now, I've got some spec homes sitting on the market longer than we were selling them a year ago. Right. Right. I would say, well, this interest, I'm losing money. Who's gaining the money, right? The bank is. So it's just this push and pull of where it goes. Mm -hmm. And when you start to look at things from an eagle eye perspective like that, it helps the anxiety a little bit. Now, look, I understand people have bills to pay, but let's hyper-focus on the opportunity out there. This actually requires a little bit of work on your behalf. You cannot just sit behind your computer in a pro's market like maybe you did a year ago, right? You have to get up, get out, do networking, pick up the phone every Monday and call a different set of people. Ask them, what are they doing to be successful? What are they doing not to be successful? Think about your value. So I'll give you an example. Um, I've got a girlfriend of mine. She is um, like, she owns a professional organizational company. She'll come in and organize your pantries, your closets, you name it. Yeah, right. Okay, well, right here in the Huntsville market, we are booming Um, and we've got lots of people moving in. We don't have enough housing for them. The market is a pros market right now. So interest rates have slowed down purchasing, but we've got all these people that built all these apartment complexes. Here's what she did to quickly pivot, which was part of your question to me. I'm a quick pivoter too. The worst decision a business owner can make is not making one. Very quickly, she realized, okay, well, Maybe people don't want to have this, they don't have the disposable income like they did to have their pantry organized, but you know what they are doing? They're still relocating here. So she know what she's doing now. She's helping them with their moves. Oh, wonderful. If you're Right? Everybody yeah. hates moving. And if you're hiring a mover, how great would it be for you to step in, take these boxes off the truck with the movers and point and click? to where it needs to go and how it needs to be unpacked. So that's a quick pivoting and she's doing well with it. As a matter of fact, I just 
sent her one of my custom home build clients and said, they've got movers on the way. She got in touch with them. They bit on it. That's and so exa- that is kind of like a whole genius industry in and of itself that I never even thought of because movers is one thing, but movers do not help you unpack and movers don't help you unpack and set up systematically in your new home. So that's like a next level home organization. Genius. Good for her. Yeah. Well, she just, she just wakes up and asks herself, what am I really good at? Mm-hmm. And how can I capitalize off of it? And guys, let's remember this. It doesn't mean it's something you always have to do, right? Right. It just could be for a season. Yes. To step into a different kind of side hustle. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the actual, that's the definition, right? Uh, The business owner is always keeping your mind open for other streams of revenue, including myself. So. Yeah, that's wonderful. Good for her. I'm excited. I think that's like an industry potential in and of itself, it really sure. is. Wonderful. Very smart. Wonderful. So quick to pivot, big support of that. You can always undo anything. I think that's the thing. People are afraid to make a decision because what kind of damage could it do? But you can always change your mind. You can always go back. You can always pivot again. So I like this concept of a quick pivot. If uh, if you could upload one mindset into everybody in your team, so you just get a little USB drive and this is Rachel Brown mindset of this season, what mindset would you upload into every team member that you have today to help just thrive. Ability. You don't even have to be that driven of a person. Not everybody on the team is can be a D, A type, drive, mm-hmm. ambitious, visionary. You can't. It takes everybody to make the visions of the visionary go. But ability. Everybody on this planet, God gave them an ability, whether it's something that could be refined or not. You've got an ability in there. Yeah. You got to tap into it, wake up every day and ask yourself, what are my abilities? Am I good with people? Am I good with numbers? Am I good with logistics? Like, what am I good with? And then go to your business, be a company woman. And what that means is you are committed at all costs to seeing it through with your company. Owners, especially the um, servant leaders like yourself and I will never forget it. They may not be able to give you the bonuses that they have hand over fist the last five years, but as the ticker on the EKG goes back up again, they won't forget it. And your ability may be able to help the company thrive in an area that it wouldn't have otherwise thrived in. So speak up and go to your leaders and say, look, here are all the things I'm good at. How can we utilize in a way that we've never had before? A hundred percent. I love that. So I had a few people recently who expressed like a love for social selling and they're like, I don't know how to do that with my organization. I don't know if my organization's okay with it. And I'm like, have you asked, (laughs) have you told them, have you showed them, like, can we test it? And so just opening these conversations and then getting, you know, obviously, especially for those that work for really big corporations, making sure you're compliant and all that, but they've been able to open new doors, reach new people, you know, get into new realtor groups and connections to really help drive sales through social selling, which is something they were just passionate about on their own or from a previous work, but they just never did it in home building before. And so, yeah, just asking these questions of how can I use this skill and how can I help? I know um, 
one of the times when I was a leader, I was new to an organization and I've always loved training, but they didn't know my work history. Right. So I shared that with them. Like, Hey, anytime there's an opportunity for me to lead a training session, even outside of sales, like, let me know. I love helping. And I ended up getting like once a quarter or actually it was once a month for a while there doing training sessions. And it was something I love doing. It was value added to the organization. It took it off their plate. They didn't have to rely on corporate to fly somebody in to do these training sessions. And I just did it because I loved it. It's spark joy for me and it added value to the organization. So I love that. If everybody starts bringing their unique skill to the table, sharing it with your boss, asking how can we use it, it's going to go a long way. I also remember there was a time when as a sales leader, when sales were tough, but I had one person on my team who would always call me at the end of the month and say, where are you at with your goals? Oh, Wow. Where are you, Abby, with your goals? Like for the whole team, do you need one more? And I knew I could rely on that phone call or that text without fail. And if I said, you know what, I need two more, this gentleman would get me two more without whether he needed it or not. And that was just, I mean, we knew each other forever. We had really great trust, like really great relationship, but I'm going to tell you, I knew I could rely on him. And like you said, when times are good, who am I going to help out? I'm going to help out that person that helped out, not just himself, but helped out the team and was worried about how can we get all of us to that number? And I mean, sometimes he gives sales to other people, like who's hurting, who needs it? Cause he was a pro he'd been through every market. He knew if I've got extra, why am I not going to help contribute to the cause? Um, and, and that's a game changer. And that's that company mindset of like, Hey, we're here to help everybody, not just help ourselves, even in a role that sometimes feels very like self-serving. So there's opportunities in every department to show up great for the greater good of the team, for sure. Absolutely. And I think think now's when we need to do that. I know you and I talked briefly about this. Like it doesn't matter what department you're in. If you're wearing a Rachel Brown Holmes hat and you're at, you're at the grocery store, what's your local grocery store? What are they, what's the name of it? We love Publix. Publix. Okay. We've got Publix here too. So if you're at Publix and you've got a Rachel Brown Holmes hat on, but you're in finance, you can still sell Rachel Brown Holmes and, and help people out. Right. And we used to back in the day when, when informational brochures were a thing, I used to stock my builder up with packets in his truck. So if he was out and about and he was driving the site at 6 a.m. and I'm not on site, he could hand out a packet and create a conversation and try to schedule an appointment. Like every single department can help in these times and should be, should be thinking about how we can support the company during these, you know, unique times. And really, even when the market's good, why not get extra, you know, extra icing on the cake? I love me some extra icing. (laughs) Bring it. And I I think that maybe that is what the issue is that can arise is that when times are good, often we get fat on the hog and we don't live as lean then because times are good. And if you are used to not knocking on doors or drumming up business in a good time, uh, you've gotten out of practice when, when things become very pro. Yeah. Uh, But that's why it's called a pros market right now. You're going to see, um, you know, you're going to see some people weeded out that don't need to be in this market. That's uh, survival of the fittest. It's yeah. been around the beginning of time. And I don't say that in a, yeah, I'm so glad to get people out of the market. It just is what it is. And, you know, uh, at that same speaking engagement I was at recently, we had three people on a panel, all three of them, real estate brokers, uh, on average, each one of them had been in the business something like 30 and 40 and 40 years. And every single one of them said, you know, I don't look at my day any different than I did a year ago. And I'm right. still doing well. 
I still do everything that I need to do to, uh, you know, get out there and prospect. Like mm-hmm. people have forgotten how to knock on doors and prospect and they're yeah. still prospecting. They're still out there with their shining faces, with their ability, their skill set, and they're selling. Yeah. They're selling and they're not looking at it any other way. So a lot of it is a mindset. A hundred percent. I think it's a mindset. And I think it's that understanding that consistency is where the gold is. And I think, like you said, when the market's really good, sometimes we slip on the consistent habits that drive our success. And then it's harder to pendulum swing when you need to get back into those good habits. And the true pros are the people who are consistent regardless. I remember when, um, when I was selling, there was one, one lady on our team, she was just a machine. She's always hitting exceeding goals. Like no matter what happened, she really seemed unfazed. And I had the privilege to work with her for a little bit. And this was back before we had marketing departments. So sales had to stuff flyers and all of that. And it was like, she'd have a month where she'd have six sales, which was a lot at this time, like to have six sales a month was like a big deal. And she'd be licking envelopes and stuff from flyer. And I'm like, Erica, what are you doing? And she's like, next sale's not guaranteed. Always got to drive traffic, Abby. She just knew no matter what, like, and that was her, that was her style. And now she transitioned in general brokerage. She has a huge general brokerage firm and her, her mantra is still consistency. Doesn't matter what the market brings. I'm doing the right things because the right things drive the results. And I think as, as salespeople, obviously that's easy in terms of like, we need to consistently prospect and we need to be, you know, consistent in our messaging and have really good follow-up strategies and all that. But that applies to business in general. Like what are the good standard things that we do in this industry time over time that get us results? It's managing your days under construction. It's keeping a clean job site. It's communicating clearly with customers. It's keeping our team engaged and on their own personal development journeys. Like all of those things consistently done, regardless of the market is what's going to help you remain successful and not fall through when the market shifts, because you won't be able to pivot quick enough back into those consistent habits to stay afloat. That's right. You don't want to, you don't want to be driving the car, run off one ditch, overcorrect too hard, and run over the, to the other ditch. For sure. For sure. Well, I want to, I want to wrap it up and be respectful for your time. Um, most of my audience is ladies. So I'm sure it's a, it's wonderful for them to hear from a woman business owner in the industry. You are a rare and beautiful breed, my dear, (laughs) but what is, what is one piece of advice that you would give to any woman in this industry? That's really looking to to make their impact and to grow. And that can look like a variety of things. Doesn't necessarily mean cl- climbing the corporate ladder, but just really wants to make an impact in this industry. What would you, what advice would you give them? Look, go home, sit down, take 10 minutes with you and the Lord and figure out what you're good at. If you don't know, ask your family. If you're good at baking pies, bake pies, take mm-hmm. them to your team. If you're good at calling people, call your leader, just like what you just gave the example of and ask, how are you doing? today. If you're good at um, drawing, draw. The whole point is get over whatever's going on outside that's scary. Mm -hmm. Face it head on and face it head on with what you know that you're capable of. And that's what I do anyway. I mean, look, that doesn't mean that leaders don't have difficult times. And it doesn't mean that sometimes I'm like, what am I going to do? Yeah. But I don't take very long. I don't I don't ruminate in what am I going to do? And right. I don't ruminate in, oh, my God, are we about to go into World War Three? I don't ruminate in those things. 
I get comfort, kind of like what you just said earlier, and let's look at the numbers. I don't care how bad they are. I want to be in the numbers and I want to know the numbers because I can't figure out a clear path forward if I don't know the data points. And look, ladies, numbers are your data points. Um, just focus on your ability. And if you don't know what your abilities are, if you struggle with the imposter syndrome, if you struggle with feeling like you're not really good at anything, maybe you maybe you're not thriving just in and of yourself right now. Go see a business coach. Go see a therapist. Go ask a friend, look, I need you to be raw dog honest with me. What is the number one thing you like about me? And then take that and run with it and pray about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes we like hide our strengths or we try to worry about our weaknesses, but our strengths is where our beauty lies. Our strength is what, you know, God gave us to, to thrive and, and to show up great in the work that we do. And I know when you see somebody doing what they are meant to do, it's a game changer. And if everybody brought that version of themselves to the work that they did, I mean, how, how phenomenal, how unstoppable would an organization be? And that also includes leaders listening, right? When somebody tells you, Hey, I'm not feeling this. I think I might want numbers. You know, I think I might like numbers more. It's not saying, well, no, 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 no. You're a salesperson. We need you in sales. It's like, okay, well maybe we do like a little cross training stint and see how that goes. Like find those opportunities for your, your team members to step into their strengths too, because it, it a, a very beautiful thing happens when people find the work that they're meant to do. And it does take a little soul searching, unfortunately. That's true. And if you work for a leader right now that's a grump or a grouch and it's only focused on the scoreboard, watching the mm -hmm. scoreboard, you can't escape that, right? Mm -hmm. Try to look for ways to go to that leader in private and say, you know, I think if we do X, Y, Z, that'll lift the spirits of the team. And if the spirits are lifted, we may get another 30 minutes, a really good time out of everyone. Be the idea person. And that's one thing that I train my team on is I never, ever, ever get mad when somebody makes a mistake in this office. I can't because if you're going to be a business owner or a leader, you've got to understand just like you, everybody makes mistakes. Right. Do not come to me and tell me that a mistake has happened without a solution to go with it. Yes. So be that solution oriented person, walk in the room and say, you know, I was really thinking about the meeting we had yesterday where sales are down and you were very animated about it because look, your leaders have pressures on them too. Yep. You can come back and just say, here is a solution I thought of or 10 solutions that you thought of and present it. And um, if you get shot down and you hear the word no, do not go kick rocks. Mm -hmm. Put back on your ability hat for a minute and go, okay, you know, so I've got 10 no's. I need to come up with 10 more solutions. Help your team be a solution oriented person for your company right now, your leaders and your team. Yes. My best leader that, well, the leader that got the best out of me, that was her, her, her mantra was bring me solutions, not problems. And so she, if we started probleming, she'd be like, and what do you suggest we do about it? And it really taught us all to not put that one, that burden on her as a leader to always fix everything, right? We're closer to the problem. We tend to have a good grasp of what the solution is, um, but it allowed her to see our strategic thinking and our business mindset, right? And then it also gave us an opportunity to have a win. And for those of you that do present your solutions and maybe you get an immediate no, don't 
don't disregard the fact that a seed might be planted. I've had several coaching clients that I've worked with lately that I have uh, encouraged to go into some rather difficult conversations that did not get initially responded well, but two days later, guess who gets a phone call? Guess who gets a, I didn't handle that correctly. There's a lot of validity to your ask and we're going to take action on this. And so sometimes you have to be that one that's bold enough to uh, professionally, not disrespectfully, address concerns and provide possible solutions to help the greater team too. Because sometimes we we, we are overwhelmed and stressed and, you know, leaders, leaders have weaknesses too. They're human. <laughs> and so sometimes a little advice goes a long way. So thank you, Rachel. I am so grateful to have you here. It's been a pleasure getting to know you. I'm sure our paths will continue to cross, but I can't thank you enough for all of the work that you do, um, obviously with your individual group, but for women in general in this industry, it's really, it's empowering and it's inspiring. And if anybody wants to connect with you, uh, how can they find you? Where should they go? There are so many ways. You can call my office at 256-513-7475, or you can visit uh, rachelbrownhomes.com and fill out one of those contact forms. Wonderful. Well, thank you again. Gosh, thank you so much. Go rock your day. Yes, 100%. Go make the best day possible. And remember, you are a pro. This is your market. You can do this. All right. Bye for now. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Rise and Shine. We hope you're leaving today's conversation feeling inspired, motivated, and equipped with the tools you need to make a meaningful impact in your career and life. Remember, your journey is unique and every step you take brings you closer to your goals. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a moment of empowerment and share with a friend, somebody who you think may benefit from this episode too. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Share your thoughts, insights, and even topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes episodes by connecting with us on social media or leaving a review. Your feedback helps us tailor Rise and Shine to meet your unique needs. Until next time, keep rising, keep shining, and keep making your mark in the world of home building.